Hello everyone, a warm welcome to this episode of the Travel Podcast. So lovely to have your company as always. My name is Hayley Sparks. Thank you for joining me. I am introducing you to a dear friend and a very special guest today. His name is Nick Ede and he is absolutely everywhere. He is a media and culture expert. He is heavily involved in some fantastic charity work. He is a TV presenter, he writes for the British press, so every article that you'll see, Nick is normally commenting, he pops up on Good Morning Britain regularly, and he is friends with absolutely everybody in the showbiz world, best friends with all the A-listers, and he's got so many fantastic stories about his travels. Nick, welcome to the Travel Podcast, it is absolutely wonderful to have you, thank you for taking the time. Well, Hayley, that was probably the best introduction I've ever had. So thank you so much for that. You don't have to record it. It's great to be on this podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, Nick, we've been friends now for, for over a decade. A long time. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I've always been really inspired by you, not only what you've done on the screen in business, but also your charity work. But let's start at the beginning. Obviously, I've introduced um, the audience to you, but it'd be great if you could just tell everyone uh, a little bit more about yourself in your own words. Okay, well, I'm Nick Eid. I am from Scotland. You can't tell by my very strong Scottish accent, <laughs> but I do. Uh, I, I am from Edinburgh. And I lived in London for many, many years. And then I moved three years ago to Rye, which is near the sea it's absolutely beautiful very small but it's only an hour away to London so I still go back there on a very regular occasions um I have a business called East of Eden which uh, creates campaigns for fashion brands and lifestyle brands and does red carpets for big uh, celebrity events um and I also have a charity which is called Star for Stroke which is a charity that I've had uh for the last eight years but I've been fundraising for Stroke Association for nearly over 25 years to really engage people and make them understand that stroke can affect everyone. And like you said, I'm on uh, Good Morning Britain regularly as a, a debater and I write regularly for The Sun and for The Daily Mail and various different publications talking about brand and culture and all the lifestyle things. And um, I enjoy it a lot because I think it's great to have an opinion, but I always make sure that it's a very measured opinion. I'm never going to go down in a, in a bad way about anybody. But of course, Nick, they draw on your expertise in the um, showbiz sort of culture, celebrity world, because you have been in this industry for such a long time. You, you know, your thoughts and opinions are valued. You have so much to say, but you're, like you say, you're always very balanced and very kind, but it's, it's great to get your take on things. Um, and let's talk a little bit about, um, your life and, and going back to your childhood because we were talking before the podcast went live and even though I've been friends with you for such a long time I didn't even realize that you grew up in India so I'm fascinated to know more about this. Yeah well my, my father was a scientist and he was a geneticist so in those days it was you know very well still very very specialized uh, expertise and he was very well re respected. So we basically were invited all the time to go and live in different countries where he would be a guest lecturer and guest speaker, but also he would live there. So during our sort of summer holidays and then it extended, we'd live in various different places, whether that would be Hong Kong. Uh, and then suddenly we lived a lot of our time in India. We lived in Rajasthan, 
um, which is beautiful, where they have Udaipur and Jaipur and Jodhpur. We lived in Mumbai, which obviously used to be called Bombay, and we lived in Pune, which is a little bit down south uh, in India. So we had a really fantastic uh, sort of upbringing that way, very culturally different. Christmas time in the heat was always a very weird thing to experience, <laughs> um, but uh, especially coming from Scotland when it was so cold normally. But it was really, you know, exciting and also to be that age, you know, to understand different cultures and to learn about history and just, you know, meet different people was was a really special thing to be able to do. It must have been magical, but as wonderful it was as it was, Nick, did you find it a little bit challenging? Because obviously I can imagine if you're moving around when you're young and you're trying to make friends and build relationships, how did that work? Yeah, I found it quite hard. You know, I think, you know, luckily I've got a, a brother who's two years older than me. So we used to hang out all the time and we're very close. Um, and yes, and also be, being, you know, the only kind of white family in, in that sort of area in India was always, you know, had its challenges and also understanding culturally the differences. And, you know, even religions, it was very interesting to to learn about all the different religions within India, especially uh, whether it's Hindu or whether it's, you know, various you know, Muslim, etc. So, and us being Scottish and, and, and um, yeah, at the times sort of Catholic, you know, it was very interesting to learn about people's different religions, which I loved actually. So, you know, for me, it was a, a lot of learning. And I think, like you just said, I was kind of on my own, my, my brother, but, you know, we had a great time. Oh, fantastic. And, and how lovely to have that uh, learning at such a, a young age. And of course, children, it naturally want to be friends with everybody and that is kind of like the time that you're really inquisitive isn't it and you build all those relationships and you're like a little sponge taking it all in so I'm sure that's really shaped um the person that you are now Nick as well I think so yeah I think, think being thrust into going to go to these big events which were hosted in, in honor of my family and my mum and dad and having to sort of be there and be on best behavior and uh, also then, as you just said, you know, culturally learning about different cultures and and different cuisine and different you know, smells and sights at a young age, it would be something that really evoked a lot in me. And I never forget it. I think, you know, that sort of emotional memory that you have of these places are as when you travel is so exciting, especially when you're young, you know, whether it's Hong Kong, whether it's the Dordogne, whether it's, you know, um, like I said, like India, you will never forget those experiences. Absolutely. I think they really stick in your mind. And I, one thing that I love so much about Indian culture and that I recognise from, from my uh, Indian friends is they know how to throw a party, a celebration, a wedding. I feel like the Indian people do that better than anybody else. Would you agree? Oh my God, completely. I think Indian weddings are absolutely fantastic. They're bold, they're beautiful, they're colourful, you know, they're full of music, full of culture, full of amazing smells. Uh, yes, I think that is definitely something that I love uh, to be part of. And have you been back to India in later life, Nick, or is that sort of something that you just... To be honest, I haven't actually, yeah, I haven't actually been. And... Um, I've actually thinking of doing it. My friend Denise Van Outen, she was suggesting that we do a charity trip actually and go on a cycle ride, which goes, I think, to the Himalayas and to uh, uh, Kashmir and basically do that. So it's around about a 10 day trip and we're looking at potentially doing that in October, which could be really fun. 
also be nice and hot. So that's a, a, always a bonus, but also doing it for charity would be great. And you also learn to live in various different cultures. Sometimes you're in five-star luxury and the next year in a tent in the middle of a, a, a valley, a, a desert. But, you know, I, I'm quite looking forward to doing that. So I think potentially you watch this space, you might be, I might be asking you to sponsor me or you might be coming with me, Hayley, who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm up for both. Count me in. That's wonderful. So although you were living around the world, Nick, did you then have family vacations? Um, did you then go on holidays when you were younger as well? Yeah, we used to go on holiday. We used to go to the Dordogne a lot. We went to France and we loved it. And it's so beautiful there. Uh, so we used to go there most of our summers. And then also we had a house in Brighton. So not so far away, but uh, absolutely loved it. You know, it, 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 Brighton in the summer, you know, is a very special place. And I remember spending most of my, you know, my time by at the beach you know, with a dinghy and enjoying my time or, or maybe going onto the pier and having a, a good old donut because those donuts are fabulous. Oh, Brighton is great, isn't it? I always, I've just got so many lovely memories from all my trips to Brighton. It is somewhere that I like to visit regularly. And while we're on the, the subject, before we delve into other topics, um, let's talk about your UK uh, little gems and top tips of, of where you recommend obviously Brighton being one of them I'm sure. Well yeah Brighton's fantastic you know it's great I think also obviously where I live in Rye is fantastic for staycations there's a brilliant hotel here called the George which is steeped in lots of history but really is you know a fantastic place to stay and all around there are great Airbnbs and also really good hotels there's one called the gallivant which is next to camber sands and camber sands looks like you could be in california i think they use it in film sets or as california sometimes but they can't afford to go over there but uh, the gallivant is like a private members club by the sea with gorgeous rooms fabulous service great cocktails and in the morning uh hey the best thing about it is they have an honesty bloody mary bar now I have to be honest, I've probably drunk it all, but <laughs> most people uh, probably just have one. So that's, it's fantastic there. Other places, obviously, you know, Edinburgh, where I'm from, is such a beautiful city. And the hotels there are, are beautiful. There's the W Hotel, which has just opened, which is has one of the most spectacular views of Edinburgh. And then you have the Kimpton um, and George Square. Um, and the Virgin Hotel there is really, really special. Great bar great staff and London you know London is somewhere which I used to have staycations when I lived there I used to just book a hotel and stay and, and it's such a brilliant place and the Kimpton um, is one of the best hotels in uh, London because I love it because it's in between uh, King's Cross so it's easy to get to and then uh, you can get into Soho and Covent Garden and go and see your shows. And the other one, which is a very special one, is the One Hotel, which is in Mayfair. You need, we need to go, Hayley, because it is an eco-hotel. It's very, very conscious about the environment and all the things they do working on their carbon footprint and how they can sort of offset various different things is really important, integral to that uh, hotel. And they have this restaurant there called Dovetail, which is uh, by the Michelin star uh, chef Tom Sellers and the food is delicious and they do these amazing knickerbocker glories so when we're in London next Hayley I'm going to take you there oh I'd love to go that sounds right up my street and Nick I love the fact that obviously I know you've lived in in London and worked in London for so many years 
I've never heard someone say that before, that they've lived in London, but then stay, done their staycations in London. And I think that is so clever because all of my friends that are London-based all say that even though they're living in the city, there's so much that they don't get to see and experience because of the daily commute and just the day-to-day life that you're not actually there as a tourist as such. So that's such a, I think that's a really smart thing that you did there. I love it and I do it quite a lot you know I've just booked Kylie Minogue for Hyde Park and I've basically booked you know two nights on either side because I said to my husband let's have a little staycation in London you know and you can look around and we can walk to Hyde Park and we don't have the stress of of having to kind of come home immediately all of those things and then also like you just said you actually get to know the city more and you get to experience some really fabulous things and also you also get to experience the hotel sometimes you know when you live in a city like london you just use the hotel as a meeting point but actually when you're staying there you can really use all the facilities so somewhere like the corinthia has the most indulgent spa i've ever been to you've probably been there it's fantastic and the barclay and and the other place one place i forgot to mention was the grove which is in hertfordshire which is this you know like a stately home literally half an hour away from London on the train so easy to get to but when you're there you really feel like you're in the middle of nowhere and they've got a shooting range and they have in the summer they have a big cinema in the walled garden you get to see all these fabulous movies with your popcorn and just you know places like that where you can spend more than one day are just you know wonderful little hidden gems yeah the grove is is a great one the grounds are just so extensive aren't they and you do really you don't you feel like you're so much further out from london than you actually yes than you actually <laughs> are it's fabulous so there there's some great uh uk tips there nick and where are some of your other favorite places in the world that's probably such a hard question for someone as well traveled as you but are there any destinations that are particularly close to your heart um, I love going to LA, you know, I got married there, got great memories of it. And the hotels are fabulous. You know, you've got the Kimpton Pier, which is one of my favourites, which is in the middle of Soho. You've got the One Hotel, you have uh, the, the, the Maybourne as well, which is one of my favourites. Just going there to see the celebrities is fabulous. You know, you'll see everybody from James Corden through to Dame Joan Collins. And obviously Sharon Stone pops in to have her eggs benedict. Um, so, <laughs> and I like the, I like LA because, you know, you can go up Runyon Canyon on a hike and maybe see Justin Bieber and Hayley Bieber. And then you can also uh, go to the sea and pretend that you're in Baywatch and go to Nobu. Uh, and, you know, not just the star spotting, which is always really good fun. It's also... I like the weather, I like the people, and I love the fashion. So um, uh, the, LA is one of my favourites. And another place I love too is Spain. I love uh, Marbella. Uh, I spent a lot of time there. Uh, Malaga is so beautiful. Uh, there's a brilliant resort there called Puerto Romano, which has got these fabulous restaurants in it and great accommodation just by the sea as well, which is brilliant. And also there's the Melia Hotel, which is a stunning hotel. Again, the penthouse has a jacuzzi and the most wonderful views of the sea. And then if you fly over, you go to Ibiza. Now, you know me, I love Ibiza. Um, and I've got a great long history of being there. I had my 40th birthday there and you wouldn't believe it. I had my 50th birthday there last year and I just love it. it there's something for everyone. If you've got the inner hippie, you can hang out there. But also if you want to just have a quiet time, 
you can hang out there too. There's some brilliant hotels, there's the Atzaro, which is in the middle of the, the island. There's also the Riamar, which is just on the coast um, near Santa Ilaria, which is a fantastic place to be. Or you've got the fun places, which you know I love, called Wikiwoo, which is really fabulous in San Antonio. Uh, lots of fun, uh, pink, lots of chevrons, fabulous people, lots of tans and lots of cocktails. And great sunset from Wikiwoo as well, Nick. We enjoyed, didn't we? Oh my God, that sunset was fantastic. And you, every single person, doesn't matter how you feel, if you have a picture taken with that sunset, you will look and feel fabulous because the sun just makes you glow. It's, it's wonderful, isn't it? Great experience to see the sun go down. Yes, it's such a beautiful place and just Instagrammable heaven. That's what I'd say. All the, all the bright colours and uh, the, the cocktails. We, we had a fantastic night there. And uh, yeah, Ibiza, I completely agree because I think sometimes Ibiza has this reputation of being for real youngsters and the clubbers and things like that. But it it's misunderstood because, as you said, it's it really does appeal to all age groups because depending on where you go, there there's a completely different experience, isn't there? Yeah, I think that's what's so important. I think, like you just said, people think, oh, it's just people getting drunk and partying. And it's not, you know, it's really for families if they want to go over there. If you want to have some quiet time on your own, you can and be quite reflective. You know, I've been there and gone to boot camps, you know, which are absolutely brilliant because the weather's so fantastic. It's only two and a half hours from London. Uh, it's easy to get to. Customs are very quick. Um, and also what's so great about the island too is the food. It's absolutely brilliant food and the people there are really kind as well. So I I would say that Ibiza is one of my favourite places in the world. And such a short, easy flight from the UK that I think it makes it perfect for when you don't necessarily have that seven day break, but maybe you just want that long weekend or a couple of days. You can just hop on a flight, and, and which is just like lovely that you can get so, there so quickly. And also like, you know, I work a lot. And because it's only an hour away from a time difference point of view, it's easy. You know, sometimes when I go to Los Angeles or where I'm in New York, it's a little bit harder sort of coordinating things. But if you go into, you know, go to Europe, it's only really an hour uh, ahead. So it means you can still do your calls, you still do all your things you'd normally do. And you can be doing that by getting a tan as well at the same time. Oh, it's great. And of course, Nick, with your career, it takes you all over the world, whether you're presenting, whether you're working on charity events. I know you do them globally as well. Do you have any kind of tips for people that do travel for work? I mean, obviously, bearing in mind that the time difference is a great one. But is there anything that you've learned over the years of, of working abroad that's really helped you cope with <laughs> with the trials and tribulations? Yeah, I think I think the main thing for me is to actually go with the time of the destination you're going to. So don't stay in your UK time or the time that you've where you've come from. Just really just get into it. So if you're going to Los Angeles and you've jet lagged and you want to go to bed, actually stay up. Uh, as much as you can because the next day and get up at the right time the next day then you'll hopefully you know kind of get back on track I think one of the other things I've learned too is try and go to the gym as much as possible in the morning even if you don't want to because it just gets your body going even if it's for a swim or um, just you know a cycle I just think it's a really great way of kind of getting your body clock back uh, in in sync um, I think also, you know, one of the things that I sometimes forget, although it is advice I do take most of the time, is not to drink too much on the plane because you always think you're having 
it's night time, but then suddenly you realise it's actually the morning. You don't be tipsy when you're going through customs <laughs> or have a hangover when you're in your taxi in New York. Um, but, you know, those are all things you can do. Uh, the other thing that I learned from a friend of mine is when you're packing, one of the best things to do, you know, we, we, you know, we forget this, but our trainers and our shoes, they get quite dirty. So one of the top tips I've got is to get those sh shower caps that you get in hotels all the time. Get all of them. Whenever you see them, pick them up and then basically put your shoes in the shower cap and it protects them from all your other clothes and actually takes any mud away. And it's a really, really good idea. And use those shower caps for various different things, whether it's dirty clothes, etc. But who knew there's a top tip? That is a tip I've never heard. And I love that, Nick, because often I... I will maybe I'll just put my shoes in little carrier bags and things, but then they kind of bunch up and ruin the yeah the packing kind of layout of your case. Um, so that is a brilliant, brilliant tip. I love that so little simple. hack. Exactly, little hack there. Also, the other thing too is to roll your uh, underwear. I roll all. I actually literally roll everything and pack it in that way, and it works really well. And then also, we're not you know when you've got the time is actually always do a edit of your luggage because we always overpack. Every single person overpacks and they think they're going to be wearing, you know, three different outfits a day. And we're not, you know, we're not at the Oscars. We're, you know, we've got to think about what you're going to be wearing. And most people really will wear the same shorts or the same T-shirts. For me, it's about getting, I always have a, you know, a daily T-shirt that I wear and then having less shorts um, and then basically editing it out because we throw everything in and then we suddenly don't wear any of it. So actually forget that. Just take the things that are essential that you really, really need because you're always going to be buying things whenever you go on holiday anyway. That's true. And it's nice to buy. I always think it's nice to buy some fashion items or accessories when you're away because I find that then when I wear them back in the UK, it triggers that lovely memory of the destination where I bought that item. So yeah, having a real edit I think is great and also then you're not going to have that extra expense of of uh, overcharging oh, over. overcharging exactly <laughs> you've gone over your luggage um allowance this might sound like a really basic and silly question nick but how do you like to feel when you go away like when you're booking a trip what do you want to get out of it well i like the i like a one to one experience i like to know some recommendations that, you know, we or I might, me and my husband might not know about where to go. We went to Rome for the first time last year, you know, and I think I, because I've been, I've been on long haul a lot, so I've been to far off destinations. I haven't really done as much of Europe as I should have done. So actually, um, well, we did a cruise, you and I did a cruise, and that actually was a great way of seeing various different places. But um, I like to feel when I'm booking that I'm, that it's a, I'm on an experience which is you know we're spending quite a lot of money so you want to feel like you are being looked after that you have all the information that you don't feel you're caught short that all the um, add-ons that there might be are being inf you're being informed about prior to purchasing them but also I like to also know if there are additional things that I could be paying for which will highlight and benefit my experience as well so I think that's really important that kind of one-to-one -one is always important. Mm. And what sort of tends to trigger you to, to book your next uh, destination? Is it because maybe you get a little bit fed up and cold in the UK and that makes you think you want to book a flight? Or is it because you have a sense of adventure? What's kind of like your holiday trigger? 
My holiday tree, that's a good one, is usually FOMO because I've seen it on people's Instagrams and gone, I want to go there. <laughs> um, and they're looking fabulous in Bali. I'm thinking, what am I doing here in Bath? But uh, in the Bath. But um, I think I like reading magazines and seeing sort of inspiration about where to go. I also like to look at different trends as well, you know, things that are exciting and sometimes you know destinations as well there's lots of you know events so i'm thinking of going to las vegas in um april because mariah i'm the world's biggest mariah carey fan and she's performing for a month there so you know that's kind of been a trigger i've never been to vegas so again it's somewhere that you would think i would have because i go to la all the time but i've never actually been and now i feel that this is a really great thing to do because it's somebody i want to see i can experience it and then i'll probably go to palm springs another place i haven't been to so that kind of makes a whole new experience of america that i've never actually had yes i'm building it around a fabulous musical concert experience with uh, mariah carey sounds Brilliant. That was going to be one of my questions, Nick. I was just wondering where you are off to this year. So this year, well, looks like I'm going off to Las Vegas. Um, also, back to Ibiza, obviously, uh, working on a very exciting uh, project, which I can't really talk about yet, but you know about it, Hayley, but we'll be able to share it another time. Um, I think also going to Paris, which will be fabulous. I love the Georges Sank there and the uh, La Maurice, the hotels. Are just very stunning. I mean, they really are. And they're beautiful and chic. Um, and then I think I'll be off to LA for a few weeks as well. And then we're just looking at the moment. We actually, funny enough, on Sunday, uh, a couple of yesterday, we um, were looking to see whether we go to uh, Marbella again because it's so easy to get to. And lots of our friends have got houses there, so we think we might go there for a, a pre-Easter uh, break. I love Marbella as well. I think that's another destination that, again, has a a reputation that isn't really fair because I think often people think, oh, it's quite showy and maybe a little bit tacky. But Orange Square, and I just think, is, is so stunning. You've got all of those beautiful historic buildings, uh, obviously a short walk to Porto Banus, fabulous restaurants that actually I find very affordable down there. They're not as expensive and pricey as you think they would be. It's one of my favourite places too. Yeah, it's lovely. And the sea's great. And you've got loads of beach. And, you know, as you said, if you want to party, you can. And if you don't want to, then you don't. But, you know, Porto Benus is fabulous. And going around there, seeing those super yachts uh, and all the wonderful uh, fashion stores. I, I love it. I do. I think you've got everything there. I mean, looking at those super yachts always, you can just dream, can't you? <laughs> you can decide which one you'd pick if you, <laughs> if you had the money. And a lovely stroll along there, a, a, a nice evening meal overlooking all of the yachts. And of course, you have all your designer uh, fashion over there. Uh, but also, um, you know, sort of shopping in Marbella town, there's, there's fabulous, all, all the high street shops and the boutiques and Oh, God, Martin. yeah, completely. I love that. And actually, I love going to the Zaras, which aren't in the UK, because the, the edit of the clothes is very different. I find some real gems, bring them back, and everyone's like, where are they from? And I just say, from my trips. <laughs> I love it. And obviously, Nick, you're a, you know, worked as a stylist, you're known as a, a fashion expert, you've dressed all the celebrities. Do you have um sort of any particular like airport style? What do you like to travel in? Well, you know, I quite I like um, I like wearing quite simple things. So usually I'll wear 
joggers and a hooded zip top so if it gets too hot you can take it off a nice clean crisp white t-shirt but sometimes i think to myself maybe not because i'll probably get some uh champagne down there or red wine if i'm, if I'm having a <laughs> a drink um i like to yeah and some and some trainers as well i think the main thing is you need to dress to be comfortable because you actually are going to be on a long trip so you need to make sure you've got a few layers you can put on and off because obviously if you're in the uk and it's cold you've got your jacket but then when you're going to somewhere like spain or you're going further afield it could be really hot so you don't want to have too much but you want to be able to peel off those layers um i think also it's really important to just you know take your essentials with you so i always take my own toothbrush and toothpaste and all of that kind of stuff to make sure that i um, good. I always have a good old, and always take a good old spritz of uh, aftershave because I know that everyone's a little bit uh, whiffy at the end of the long haul. <laughs> it's nice to come off the flight feeling fresh. It's, yeah. And just having that nice fragrance, I think, just gives you that little lift, like you say, Please. when you're feeling a little bit stale from a, <laughs> from a really yeah, long exactly. flight and uh, brushing your teeth just wakes you up, doesn't it? So, and layers is key. I think that's a great tip because that's, that's the problem, isn't it? That often we're leaving the UK and it's freezing or I always find I when I board the plane I'm really really hot then when the flight gets going I'm freezing and then of course often when you land you're then boiling again so having that sort of zip on and off top and different layers yeah that's so important a really really good tip as well and um, Nick I'd love to to talk a little bit more about your amazing work that you do for for style for stroke because I know it's obviously a charity that is so close to your heart. So can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yes, yeah, so Salve for Stroke is a charity that I set up in my mother's memory. Uh, she passed away when I was 23 and of a stroke. And I felt I was really frustrated because we didn't know what a stroke was. And people still don't really talk about it in the way they talk about various other things. You know, a stroke is the biggest cause of disability in the world and the third biggest killer in the world. And, you know, it's not seen as something which is spoken about and that's maybe because it's not particularly sexy and it's not particularly um you know it's it's something that people don't talk about but you know lots of very well-known people have had them you sharon stone had one obviously amelia clark uh had one so did samantha morton who recently won a bafta you know and they but they don't want to talk about it because they feel that they can't or they might be um, thought that they can't do their work, etc. So it's really sad that people don't think of stroke survivors as heroes. One of our really good friends, Alex Murphy from Dancing on Ice, is a great friend of ours. She suffered a stroke actually on the ice, and she's a great ambassador for the work that we do. And she's a great person to sort of talk about and advocate it more. But what we do at Star for Stroke is we use fashion as a conduit to educate people, because I always thought that if I make great product and it has a purpose, then hopefully people will be like, oh, I love your jumper or I love your T-shirt. Oh, and you go, well, actually, this is Star for Stroke. Some of the money from this goes to these charities and it creates a conversation. And that, to me, is the most important part of what Star for Stroke is about. Um, and so this year we did a great one called Jumpers for Joy uh, with these fabulous jumpers that say love on them. Uh, and various different things like turn it into love and joy, etc. And we're going to be doing a new uh, T-shirt campaign, which is going to be coming out in April, which is fabulous, which I can't wait for you to model, Hayley. I'm sending them over to you. Um, and I just think, you know, it's, it's Star for Stroke is very important. And one thing we'll be doing is on the 15th of May this year, Alexandra Burke and I are going to be hosting our 
ball, which is called the Spring Ball, which will be at Leo in London. And it's going to be very, very glamorous and fantastic artists already confirmed. Uh, obviously, Alexandra Burke will sing um, and some wonderful other people as well. So if you do want to come and join, you can get your tickets at www.starforstroke.com. Um, they're available and it's going to be a fabulous night. And if you're listening to me and you bought a ticket, come and say hello. Oh, Nick, your events are always so amazing. And if you are listening and maybe you don't have the opportunity to really get glammed up that much, you know, busy lives and all that, take the opportunity, invest in a ticket, come and have that celebrity glamour, that really wonderful experience to to dress up, to feel good and know that you're supporting a really good cause. Alexandra Burke, as we know, is amazing. Her voice is absolutely spectacular. And there is no doubt in my mind that if you invest in a ticket, you will have a night to remember because they are just fabulous, Nick, aren't they? Yeah, they're brilliant and they're really fun. You know, I've always wanted to put the fun into fundraising. That's what these events do. And the tickets aren't, you know, super, super expensive. They're less than a Taylor Swift ticket and you'll have more fun. Yeah, and be doing something for a great cause as well. Definitely. It will be a fantastic night to remember. Memories that will last a lifetime. Oh, Nick, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you and to tap into some of your amazing travel memories, your top tips. I love all your hotel recommendations as well. Um, your travel hack for the shower cap shoes, I have to say, <laughs> is the best one I've heard. It's, it's been brilliant. Thank you. And thank you for sharing more about your life and your incredible work for Style for Stroke. I wish you all the best with that. Obviously, I'll be continuing to support all the work you do and really encourage our listeners to please have a look at those tickets uh, make sure you're following Nick on social media have a look on the website because throughout the course of the year there's so many different ways you can get involved you can support by going to an event by purchasing a t-shirt some of the fantastic fashion and it all helps to obviously raise vital funds and of course awareness which is really really important as well so Nick thank you so so much for joining me thank you so much and where can people find you people can find me everywhere Hayley but they can find me on <laughs> Uh you can follow me on Instagram at, at Nick Ede N-I-C-K-E-D-E and my DMs are always open so if you want to know anything or want my help just uh, message me and I'm sure I'll be able to help you Oh, Nick, thank you so much. It's been an absolute joy to talk to you. And thank you so much for listening. I really hope you have enjoyed this episode. Please do check out Nick's details. As you said, you can follow him on Instagram. Check out the fantastic work he's doing with Star for Stroke on the website as well. And of course, get in touch. What a great, <laughs> what a great invitation from Nick. You can get in touch and find out more by connecting with him on Instagram. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. We've loved having you here. I will see you again next week. Happy travels and I'll see you then.